Well, hello, hello, hello. It's Vegas Paulie C. And this story is from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Culinary Local 226 and Bartenders Local 165 members overwhelmingly voted to authorize a citywide strike against the casino hotels in Las Vegas. 95% of the members voted and they said yes to a strike. There's going to be one more round of negotiations next week, according to Secretary Treasurer Ted Papa George. But he said that if no contract is achieved, then all bets are off. We'd like to be able to say that we have a deal, but we are not expecting it at all at this point. There are about 40,000 union members that have already had their deal expire. And if this strike occurs, it will happen leading up into the F1 race, which is on November 18th. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but a strike would be devastating to the operations of Las Vegas. Vegas, Paulie C. People on the left are deplorable. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I find the left to be just annoying. Exactly. They're, just, they're, they're more than just not important. It's just annoying. Exactly. And the Western far left is habitually the most stupid, naive people you can imagine. And they come up with these really goofy constructs, and it's all about feeling. Feeling. Feeling good about yourself. Yeah. Well, just feeling, as opposed to, like, free speech. Like, if your feelings are hurt, that's more important than free speech. My message to the, the, CEOs, the CEOs is, you know, at $74 million, you know, collectively earning that, you know, how many yachts can they need, you know, to, to, yacht, to water uh, ski behind it? You know, I mean, it's just crazy. God. Welcome to a Wednesday Seth Williams show with Chris Hagen. And uh, how you doing? That guy is a blithering idiot. <laughs> He's fantastic. <laughs> but who's who's stupider, him or Biden? 
Uh, the people that are out there looting the Apple store. Those people are stupider. Well, both of them. Well, I, maybe not. Maybe they're the smartest people ever because they're walking away with brand new iPhones and I'm dealing with one that half works. So, Yeah, but at some point, the police just have to start putting bullets in heads. Hey. Sorry. Sorry if that's too hard, but that's what needs to happen. Welcome to Wednesday. <laughs> These people should be shoot murdered them. on the streets. They should. They should absolutely shoot them dead. If they just put one down, one, that'll stop a lot of this. Hey, did you see that mess that was going on in, in Philadelphia? I mean, these people are, yeah. look, and I know I'll catch shit for it, but I'm going to say it anyways. These people are not, they're animals. Yeah, they're not. I mean, they're and, not and I'm not making a, ra a racial statement about anything. What I'm saying is these people that decide that for whatever reason they want to call themselves protesters, activists, whatever the hell they want to call them, um, they're animals. They're out there looting and robbing, and they don't care. And yeah. then, I don't know who's worse, the people that are actually looting and, and getting a free iPhone out of the deal, or the people that are just standing there like assholes with their cell phones out and taking video of it and laughing as it's going on. Yeah, I I, I despise these people. I, Like I said, I would be fine. I wouldn't even have any upset if they just turned around and started shooting them all. Just come in with an automatic rifle, just Take them down Valentine's Day massacre style and be done with them. They're useless. Back. They're useless. Yes. They're useless as humans. All those store devices have a track on them. Yeah, that's great. Except for the except for the government won't go get them. No. Or you'll have people like Kamala Harris bail them out of jail like she did yeah. last time. Mm -hmm. And they, they don't spend even a night in jail. They don't spend an hour in jail. The cops, like they said on, on the news today, the cops are still doing the paperwork before these guys, while well, these guys are being let out and added again. You can't hurt the feelings of people that are upset that, uh, that a person that they never met in their life and they have no idea what they did was, um, was hurt or killed. Well, half the people that are in that store and in any of those stores that you just don't saw know have anything no idea yeah, what happened. No clue. No, mm -hmm. no idea why they're out there protesting. They don't know what they're pro It's not a protest. They yeah. don't even know why they're stealing other than they want to go take some free stuff. It's flash mob is what it is. It's just a flash mob. Well, that, Probably something going out on Twitter or on they, they whatever. Call flat, they, fla they call them flash robs now. Oh, is it a flash rob? I'm sorry. Yes. You know, I, I just, I just would like to, I would like to see them all just murdered. I wonder if Apple has a, a way to like brick wall stolen merch. Three trillion dollar company wouldn't surprise me if they could. Okay, they shouldn't have to. And forget about Apple and the product that's stolen. What about the people that run the store? What about the people that work at the store, whose livelihood is affected by the fact that you had a pack of juvenile assholes going into the store, smashing it up, breaking windows, stealing stuff, and and now it affects a lot more people than just Apple. Even if it affected only one person, it's still criminal. Yeah. How about just the sense of you should not be acting like a criminal? How about that? How about if we start there? If we just start with don't act like a criminal, wow. there's no there's no side to that. You know, there's everybody wants to make every stupid thing about politics and whatever. And, you know, now this is politics and right, left, blah, blah, blah. How about we start at the basics? There's a moral decay that allows people to think that it's okay to do that. That's not a political thing. That's a people thing. And the people in Philly are assholes.
Period. I wish it was just happening there. It's happening all over the place. Man. Well, I'm just saying, all we have yeah. all we have to talk about today is the people in it's Philly. Right. Uh, real quick, uh, we're going to have Tom and uh, Josh from the band The Fifth Wheel coming on in just a little bit. Uh, they have a big show. If you uh, know the name, they were... Right, old school. Old school stuff. Um, had a, some radio airplay back in the day. And, yeah. Uh, so we'll be talking to them. Um, they got a show coming up in October they want to promote, and I think it's going to be pretty cool. So we'll talk to them in a little bit. Very cool. Uh, and Tony Masashi might join us from an airport or somewhere. Oh, if he is... was floating on a cloud on his way to Hawaii, his internet connection will probably be better <laughs> than it normally is. Exactly. <laughs> but we're talking about this. I, I, I think it's disgusting what's going on, and I hate the people that stand up for him. And there are people that actually stand up for him. Yeah, I know. Or, or they won't necessarily stand up for him, but they'll they'll kind of be like, well, there's a reason. Well, that's that, what I they'll, love. They'll make it ex- – they're, they're certainly no- – you're not going to hear any politician say something so stupid as they deserve those iPhones. But you'll get the – well, if you came from a from an entitled – or a non-entitled race, then you would understand their anger and their pain. Yes, let's you – know. Let's take another quick look at the oppressed people. Okay. Go I would love it if while she's going, ah, free iPhones, if, if a cop just came up and smashed her teeth with a baton, right. boom, took her teeth right out of her stupid fucking face. And most of them are so proud of what they're doing that they're wearing yeah. masks. They're, and some of them aren't. And it doesn't matter because none of them are going to go to jail. Now, yeah. they said that they made like 100 arrests last night or 20 arrests, whatever it was. But, and you saw a video. There's some video of a, you know, a couple guys getting put in the back of a van. They're probably driven to the next corner and let out <laughs> because that's like, the way our system works right now. That's yeah, the like, like the, part um, they're driven away. Like the uh, homeless guys at the uh, JFK murder, <laughs> just driven down the block and let go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, there's some truth to that. They are free Obama phones. I mean, I, I just don't understand. I don't understand the excuses that the left gives for them. And where is our president? Where is this guy that's supposed to unite everybody? Why did I thought he created a bunch of jobs? Then nobody's always bragging about it. Created more jobs than any other president ever. Yet these assholes don't have a job. They're going and stealing what they want to steal. Well, they stole two weeks worth of iPhone. That's two weeks' pay worth of iPhone. Come on, Heidi, come up with something. You got to stand up for these people somehow, right? Come on. <laughs> I love I'm you. Quite- Heidi. I want to hear your excuse for these people. I'm quite sure even Heidi's not going to try and make an excuse for these assholes. They're, what are you talking about, Chris? They're oppressed. They're no, downtrodden. They're uh, they've been treated poorly by the entire country. And you know, it's white privilege that it is the uh, the problem here. You don't no. understand that? I don't want to understand it because it ain't true. It's there's shit a, behavior, period. There's a black gentleman who is on... Uh, the news earlier when I was watching when I got home real quick from work mm-hmm. and 
this black gentleman said, I'm tired of hearing about white privilege. It's black privilege. He's like, these people are getting away with everything who are robbing these stores because of their race. Yeah. Now, I don't want to turn this into a racial thing because I don't consider it a white or a black thing. I consider it just an asshole thing. Yeah. If you're going into a store and taking something, I don't care what color you are, you're a dick. And you're ruining people's lives. And right. you should be arrested. Well, here's my question. I, I think I was thinking the same thing. Rick was thinking. How the hell are you going to unlock the phones? Like, well, they're not. Just, they're not. Just call they, Apple and say, hey, look, I, I got a new phone. I want to no. And, 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 and then know. Apple will be like, oh, there's some difficulty here. Hold on. We'll be re- we're we going to send a representative over to, to check <laughs> it out for or come to the Apple store. And we'll, we have to manually turn it on. And the dummy will go to the Apple store and get arrested. I mean, that's really how it's probably going to play out. But, you know, they're. There's no, there's no way the, they can't use the phones. The, the only way they could use the phones, and, and I don't want to turn this into a tech conversation either, <laughs> but you could go to like Cricket Wireless and get yourself a, oh no, you can't, not with the iPhone 15, because they don't use the hard, they use the in, in-programmed um, SIM cards now. They don't. They don't give you a, a removable SIM card anymore. I'm, so. I'm sure you can. They have those machines that give you money for phones. You can probably go trade it in or like stick it in one of those machines and get a few bucks. Yeah, maybe, but who knows? You know, I, I, it, it's not. People are missing the point here. You know why they're stealing phones? Because they're stupid. See now, a smart criminal like myself would go in there and take all the cool accessories. Because at least the accessories you could probably put on like on eBay and say, yeah, I got a new case. The case is there, like 50 bucks. You probably sell it for 30 online. Brand new yeah. case, Apple. Take the chargers. I, I, We have 16 chargers in this house and two of them work. So I, I take a bunch of chargers so I have something to, to charge my phone with, the one that I didn't steal. And then I take all the accessories. So at least you have some cool shit. Yeah, I, Taking I, a phone doesn't do you much good. No, not at all. I mean, phone... Certain things are just not worth stealing. Phones are not worth stealing. You know, if you're going to steal something out of the ice, out of the Apple store, steal the Macs. Steal the $5,000 Mac that's sitting on the table. But I phone. You probably could find, I mean, I don't know. Could you sell those on eBay? And what, then a computer? Could, the phone. And then Only if could, it's like, unlocked. But if you said brand new iPhone hasn't been used in the box. And then, you know, somebody else buys it on eBay. Can they unlock it and call Apple and say, hey. Well, they'll call the it and Apple say it's stolen. And then they'll trace back to the account that, that sold it. Or they'll trace back to the credit card or the, the PayPal account that took the money. And then the guy will get arrested still. And again, we're, 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 we are talking about the wrong end of this. this thing. <laughs> the problem is that how do you get any money out of these stupid things? The problem is, is that these people should be murdered for being such assholes. They are useless to society. Useless. What is their value to society, dude? None. I mean, none. None but at all. There is. The left says that there is. Well, tell me what it is, lefties. I'd like to know. I, I want to hear somebody say, well, you know, they're just mis, misguided youth. Shut it. Here's the difference. <laughs> they're, they're, this, this latest riot in Philadelphia is, an, is another cop thing, right? Cop killed somebody? Yes. Cop, white cop killed black guy? 
Have you seen this video of the two black guys that come up and just beat the living hell out of and I think killed that that white guy? The guy was just walking down the street and the two two black guys come up and just beat the living shit out of him and kill him? I don't know. If, I saw a video where I don't know if the guy got killed. I, saw a video I think he died. The one Chicago. Like near, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Chicago. In the, in the alley thing? Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure he died. I could be okay, wrong on that. They beat the shit out of him. They yeah, beat they, the shit out of him. He's eating a piece of pizza. Yeah. Where's um, where's the white mob? That's I, right. I, That's right. We're more civilized. I mean, well, again, I don't want to try to turn it racial, but I'm going to turn this racial. Look, this is a racial. Right. This is a racial thing. Just, the the right. What? The, hold on. Hold on. And I'm going to turn it racial for one reason only. Yeah. The reason that it's racial is because the left are saying that these that the people in Philadelphia, the black people in Philadelphia, they're robbing these stores are entitled because they've been beaten down because of their race. That's what they're saying. Right. And I'm but saying bullshit. At the same time, if you look at the mobs of people like in Minnesota when the Floyd thing happened, all that kind of stuff, there were plenty of uh, sure. white people that were there too. So it's not just a white and black thing. It's a, it's an idiot thing. I agree. And that's why I'm for killing them all. <laughs> Anybody committing a crime or you don't have to commit, you don't have to kill them necessarily. Let's get back to some real justice though. Let's go. Let's get back to a crime like this. You, you break windows and you go into an iPhone store and steal a bunch of merch like that. Let's give people 10 years for that. Let's give them 10 years. I'm for Uday and Kuse in it. Cut their freaking hands off. No, I'm not. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. You know, it's, it's time for some hard justice. We, gotta, we are so broken now. On all levels. And and again, like you said, it is not a racial thing. On all levels, we're broken. Good Lord knows, if you watch um, On Patrol Live, you see every asshole under the sun that they meet every night is carrying meth by the, by the hundreds of pounds or weed. So, you know, and that's, that's all flavors, all colors, you know. Every every crime, I, I guarantee you that, you know, of course, the little clips that we're showing is black people ra- robbing these stores. I guarantee you there's some white guys with some iPhone 15s in their pocket today, too. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there are. But don't tell me, don't defend them and use race to defend them and then tell me that I can't argue that point. If you're going to use race as the reason that you defend it, I'm going to use race to to attack it. You see what I'm saying? If you missed some of the video, this is what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, my God! I just want to see her dead. Is standing there laughing as people are getting tossed to the ground. Yeah. And people are running out of another store, not just an Apple store. They were looting all over yeah. the place in Philadelphia, taking whatever they want. And she's standing there laughing. Probably What's with a, a grocery bag underneath her arm. 
What's her value to, to society again? Zero. None. None. She's useless. A useless bag of skin. That's what she is. You know, I, I, it, it's, it's horrible, dude. It's just horrible what we're into now. The country is broken. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, we talked about this before on this show, and, you know, it's, it's everywhere. It's at the border. It's in our, in our own streets. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's any coming back from this. I, I don't know who who can stop it. Do you think Donald Trump is going to stop all the stuff that's going on? I don't, yeah. I don't. You need Superman at this point to come down and, and like just start cracking heads and and. and See, you don't need Superman. Do it. Look, you need Batman. You need something. You need somebody to come here and straighten people out. I don't know how you do it. I do know how you do it. You do it the way they used to do it. You baton them. Hard. Did I ever tell, did I tell the story about when I got arrested in Kent on this show? I don't know if I did or I didn't. So when I was 19 years old, I guess, or 18 years old, I got into it with, I got into a big fight in Kent at Filthy McNasty's. I got really drunk. Big, big brawl broke out. Everybody was throwing punches. Police showed up. I went running. I went running through the, back then there was woods behind that place, you know, running, trying to get away from the cops. At some point, a cop jumped out in front of me and I punched him in the face and I knocked his teeth out and I knocked him down. And, you know, and then I went and I hid in the back of somebody's pickup truck for, for a little bit, but it was middle of winter. So it's like two seconds. So after, after a couple of minutes, I go walking out, trying to find a phone or something to call my dad to come and get me. And of course the police came up, they handcuffed me, they threw me over a car and they beat the living hell out of me. I mean, they beat the shit out of me. They beat me so bad with my arms handcuffed behind my back that I couldn't straighten them for about a week. I was like this for about a week because they beat the living shit out of me and they beat my eyes closed with the batons and everything else. I mean, they beat the shit out of me. Moral to the story, should I have sued? Yes, no. What What do you think? Should I have sued? I mean, they beat me sound. Did you do it again? I didn't do it again. Did you learn your lesson? Well, that's the point. The point That is my point, because I always had people that were like, that said to me that I should have sued. And I'm like, I earned that beating. I oh, earned it. Did. Yes. Today's society doesn't think that they're earning. They think that they're entitled to act like this without repercussion. I knew what I did and I took a beating for it. And so be it. That's the way it happened. And and the whole thing, it starts even at home. The parents would teach these kids Mm -hmm. to not act like fools and like animals, then maybe they wouldn't do it. If they got the beating at home for doing something stupid, yeah. maybe they would learn a lesson and not go out there and do it. There is no family anymore. No. He says RoboCop. Well, they're and trying that too. She says Trump is also crumb. Trump doesn't go in the Apple store and take stuff. <sighs> Brian hit it on the head here. <laughs> Cops need to start using the wood shampoo. Absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely correct 
And he's right there, too. That's exactly the truth. I fucked around and found out. And that's true. And I'm not and I'm not ashamed of that beating. I I deserved that beating. I deserved everything that I got from that. The looting started to be organized by the gangs. I saw a looter store set up on a chart in Cleveland. Box truck and a vacant lot tables and tents set up selling clothes and drugstore stuff. Great. Yeah, I mean, you got to put, if you don't put it down, then you might as well just accept that we're in Mad Max world now. Because that, I mean, we're fast tracking toward that. Well, I agree. I mean, you have even liberal cities now getting so many illegals that they don't know what to do because Mm -hmm. crime and everything is out of control. They don't have housing for them. They don't have the resources to take care of them. And then you see videos of, of, of families picking up children and putting them through razor wire. Yeah, at the border to try to get in. The whole country yeah. is completely screwed. Uh, why do I feel like I wasted twelve years of my life in the military for those fucking idiots? I'm with Tom on that. I mean, I didn't do twelve; I did five. But I feel the same way. Remember, remember the movie um, "Born on the Fourth of July." <laughs> remember the scene where Tom Cruise comes into the bar. With uh, Lieutenant Dan, whatever his real name is, um, Gary Sinise. Yeah. And um, and Gary Sinise, look, like Tom Cruise is still trying to defend the government. And Gary Sinise is like, what are you defending? You know, and, and that's how I feel now. It's like, you know, why did I serve? Why did I put it on the line? Because this is what I put it on the line for. The problem These- is those kids don't understand that. They don't understand because the schools aren't teaching it because the government is who it's run by, especially now. But the kids don't understand that 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 there are people that sacrifice for this country for, yeah. for that. And I don't I don't I don't even know if I blame them for being stupid in that regard. Because I think again it goes down to parents, it goes down to schools. Schools are out of control mm-hmm. and parents are, are just useless anymore. Yeah. Well that's and, it. And so, I mean yes and no. I agree with you that, that they don't know any better, but they do know a little better. You can't tell me, you cannot tell me, and if you do, I'm going to call you a liar. You can't tell me that those people that were in those in that Apple store and ripping up uh, Philly last night didn't know what they were doing was wrong. Of course they know what, what they're doing is wrong. So but, on that level, they don't care. No, they don't. But at the same time, if you ask, I'll play this short video again, part of it anyways. If you ask this broad, if she knows what D-Day is oh. and who fought at D-Day and what it meant to this country, you think this idiot knows what happened? Go away! Go away! Go away! Go away! Go away! You think she understands what military members have done and fought for with this country? You think that even comes close no. to her thinking ever? Never. No, nope, never. She's a fool. Yeah. She's stupid. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, no disagreement here. My only disagreement is how to put it to, how to put it to bed. We got to end it. It's organized crime, thuggery, organized smashing crimes. It may be work, but I, I don't think it's... Look, I think gangs back in the day, like the Bloods and the Crips and stuff like that, were actually smarter than these fools. They at least had a, a meaning behind what they were doing for the most part. They hated each other for a reason. And at least they went out there and you know, sometimes they wouldn't hurt the people that... You know, 
like the Italian mob. They didn't hurt people. They didn't want to hurt. They understood why they were doing it. These people are just stupid. They're just going out there to hurt whatever they can, take whatever they can, and they don't know have any consequences for it. No, none. None at all. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, it's a mess, dude. The, the country... It's it's quite literally watching a bonfire on your livelihood, on your way of life. And when I sit here and I, I was th- you know watching some of these videos before we came on, and you know the Republican debate is tonight, the second mm-hmm. one. Trump's not going to be there. He's going to be doing another event of some sort. <laughs> He's smart and he doesn't need to do it, so he might as well just do something that's going to compete with him. But. I'm looking at the list of candidates that are up there, and I'm, you know, and I'm include Trump in that. And then I, I look at obviously the, the idiot that's in office now, and I don't think any, there's anybody up there that can can save this country. No, there's not. It's I mean, not going to get any better. No. If Trump gets elected again, which there's a good possibility he will, uh, these idiots are going to act act out even more. Yeah. At some point, and and this is what I don't understand. Oh, I know I'm saying that they should just be gunned down or whatever, and I know you can't do that. That's just my extremist attitude coming out. But you could gun them down with the with like the beanbag things, couldn't you? Yeah, I guess you could. But why aren't what? they doing that? Why but, aren't they just lining up tr- cops and just mowing them down with these beanbags that'll put a serious welt on them and will knock them knock them over and then arrest them? Why are they trying to physically fight them in the store? But if you if you watch, you're gonna if you start firing beanbags at kids, these kids have guns and they're gonna start firing back. I mean, you're, you're asking for a big problem if you escalate the situation. I think, anyways, from, from maybe. what it already is. But maybe we so, have to. Maybe we have to have that bloodbath. Maybe we have to have a Kent State moment to settle things down. And I know nobody likes to hear that, but maybe that's what we need. Maybe what we need is a true put down of this. Take some people out, and then when the riots start, take them out too. Maybe that's what has to happen in order to to quell this. I mean, I don't know, but something's got to give here at some point. I, and I understand, but who's going to authorize that? We don't have people in charge that are going to say, "Go ahead and do that." And I don't not know. in a city in a big city like Philly, no way. Or New York, or L.A., or I mean, you, you just don't have it. Which even means the people are going to do it eventually. Even in Cleveland, you don't have it. So no. I don't know what the actual answer is. I don't know. There's not a president out there that I think is going to change anything. I, I mean, you know, if we're listening, watching, what do you think we can do? How do you do it? How do you take control of an out of control country? Do you have the National Guard just walk down the streets and start putting people in their homes until do we need lockdowns again? Do we martial law in this country until we get things under control? I hate to tell you, but you know what they're going to do? They're going to bring in NATO forces, people that are not committed to this country. That's what they'll do. They'll bring in NATO. They're not going to bring in because they can't even trust the National Guard people. They can't trust the locals to fight the locals to shoot to shoot their own. So they have to bring in people that are uncaring about the about us. You're gonna literally have to. You're gonna see. It. You will see it before we die. You will see NATO forces in our streets. 
That is, we are fast tracking toward that right now. Scott and Mom are apparently a progressive field watching Francona's last game as a uh, manager for the Indians or Guardians. Oh, you're right the first time. So, hi, Scott and Mom. Yeah, enjoy. And Scott, I'm going to work on getting a Rachel Vadage, however you say her last name, on the uh, on the show for you. I sent you the picture of her earlier. Yes. From Channel 19. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know what you do. I, I just look at the out-of-control stuff that keeps happening in our country, <laughs> whether it's the border, whether it's in you know, the streets of our, our towns, and you wonder what, what, it, what is next. Yeah, I, I mean, and truthfully, with each passing day, this country becomes less American by the minute. Did I, I think I read something yesterday that just during Biden's time in this country— 10 million illegals have come into the country. Oh, I'm sure, yes. 10 million. How many people live in Cleveland? Half million? Million? No, I mean, maybe half a million. Yeah, you're correct. You you got me, Gunner, not NATO. I'm, I am corrected. UN is correct. Um, so there's a half million in Cleveland. If there's a half million in Cleveland, that means 20 Cleveland's worth of people have crossed the border illegally. Yeah. yeah. 20 Clevelands. That's a lot of people. And it, it keeps happening. Every, every single day, there's more and more. They just keep popping over. And those people are getting influenced. They're getting, you know, I keep seeing that they're getting, um, you know, housing and funding and food and, you know. <laughs> They're staying in hotels that I can't afford to stay in. Yeah. <laughs> they're doing it for nothing. And then they're getting jobs that probably better paying than I'm getting paid. <laughs> These guys actually, I, that's what I got to do. All right, my plan is uh, um, next week after the show today, I'm going to head to the border. I'm going to cross back over through a bunch of razor wire. I'm going to get stopped by Border Patrol, and then I'm going to get some free shit because mm-hmm. things might be better for me. Well, you might not even have to do all that, too. You might be able to just identify as a Mexican citizen. Yeah. Well, that seems to be something you're allowed to do now is just pretend you're something you're not. So, all right, we, we need to change the uh, the title up here on the, the top screen here. It's now the Luis Gonzalez show featuring Chris <laughs> Agent. <laughs> if we could put that up there, the Luis Gonzalez show <laughs> with Chris Aiken. That's right. Because <laughs> that's, I, I think, you know, if I'm that, then I can, you know, get myself some free stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be Chris Aiken now. I'm going to be like Pepe or something. Yeah. You gotta... <laughs> uh, Luis Gonzalez and Pepe. Yeah. We're going to you know a new show, and we'll stay in the finest New York hotels, and we'll be okay. Arriba, friends. Arriba. See. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we are a mess. Mark, <laughs> Luis and Pepe. Yes. <laughs> That's absolutely right. We'll get some cervezas and we'll be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We'd be happier than we are watching these videos of Philly. That's for sure. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Luis Gonzalez and Pepe. There that's we go. It's the, the new, new show. The new show is starting Monday. It'll be all over Rumble. That's right. Actually, El Rumbello. Rumble- yeah. I don't, I don't think the people at El Rumbello would be very happy listening to the <laughs> Luis and Pepe show. Probably not. Yeah, uh, YouTube would be all about it. We'll have yeah. 400,000 viewers on YouTube. That's right. Um, because we're going to identify as illegal uh, Mexicans. Illegal Mexicans. 
You know what's sad is like they're all over the place here. Like last night, I went to the gas station and yeah, and there was a couple of guys and they have their landscaping and window washing truck out in the, the parking lot of the garage of the uh, gas station. Right. And and I'm not joking. That's not like a joke to say they're landscapers. They are actual landscapers. Okay. And they couldn't speak a lick of freaking English. And they were just talking in Spanish. I even said, hey, how you doing? Because I had to go around them. And I got nothing because they couldn't understand what the hell I was saying. Right. And you know they're not here legally and passed, you know, they didn't go to Brentsville Broadway Lights High School and pass the English class with everything that they were talking. Right. (laughs) And so there's no doubt that there's just illegals everywhere. They're just moving throughout the country, going wherever they want to go. Well, why not? I mean, they got to, if they're smart, they're not going to stay in, you know, Bisbee in Arizona. They're going to get, they're going to get integrated somewhere else so that they can't be caught. A video of a border patrol agent the other day talking to a guy that just crossed the border and he goes, you know, where do I have to go? And the border patrol guy goes, you can go, go wherever. Doesn't matter. Right. And the guy said, Chicago. And the border agent on camera said, I said, go wherever you want. Just go. Right. And this guy who just crossed across a river mm-hmm. is now walking his way to wherever he wants to go. And his plan, I guess, is Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Now that he's across, he needs all he needs is what, 60 bucks and get on a bus, get all the way there. Uh, oh, that's a great idea, Tom. Sombreros? We're going to get sombreros. Yeah, get rid of that. Uh, that smoke and rock and roll hat. Yeah, get rid of that and get a sombrero on. Yeah. <laughs> we get a poncho. <laughs> I'll tell you, this show is going to be completely revised come Monday when I now identify as an illegal Mexican immigrant and am going to take advantage of free stuff. I can do the show from the free hotel room in New York. Right. Why not? I'm sure they get free Wi-Fi, too. Absolutely. You know, I'm sure that comes with it. So why not? Do I get free Taco Bell? Maybe. <laughs> you know, we're joking. So many things but... I want to say, and I'm like watching what I say. Yeah, I'm glad you are, because I'm not, obviously. I'm definitely, I'm I'm angry is what I am. I'm just well, so, so angry at seeing this nonsense. And I'm tired of trying to pretend that it isn't what it is. You know, I'm tired and I'm tired of not being able to say that it's a bunch of hoodlums that are black primarily. And I know that's that's not again, I'm not trying to broad brush it or anything, but I'm I'm going to say it the way it is because that is what it, that's what we're looking at. We're not looking we're not looking at a a diverse a diverse crowd that's persecuted against. We're well, looking at look one it. race that is acting up with 80% of this stuff. Let's look at the crowd. Oh my God! Free Philly! Free Philly! 
Okay, don't touch him. Oh my God, record this. Record this, record this. Record this. Isn't she recording this? Yeah. <laughs> don't touch him. Don't touch the guy that was literally just stealing stuff and breaking out windows of the store. Don't touch him. It's really sad to see all those Swedish people rioting like that, isn't it? In fairness, though, there were a bunch of black cops as well that were yeah. I, look, again, I'm not I'm not castigating the race. I still I still judge people one of two ways, and it ain't black and white. It's good or asshole. And unfortunately, there weren't a whole lot of good in those three videos you just showed. Thank you, Pepe, for pointing that out. You're right, no problem, Luis. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. We have our band coming up here. Cool. Uh, we have Tom and Josh coming up from the fifth wheel. Great. A little old school stuff. Absolutely. And now you got to check out like the greatest commercial probably ever, <laughs> in my opinion. All right. So this is like the best that you're going to get today. All right. Don't miss a single episode of The Seth Williams Show. The Seth Williams Show airs on Mondays and Wednesdays from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the SethWilliamsShow.com, CMSTV.net, and Rumble. Catch replays of the show Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time at CMSTV.net or on CMSRadio.net. On-demand replays of each show can be found at www.CMSPN.com. With wild content about everything going on in the world today, The Seth Williams Show is the one talk show you can't afford to miss. Tune in every day online, on your phone, or wherever you get great podcasts. Be part of the fun of The Seth Williams Show every day. Are you looking for a way to support The Seth Williams Show? Get your Seth Williams Show merchandise today. From coffee mugs to clothing and everything in between, our high-quality merch is the perfect way for you to not only support the show, but show everyone what is the greatest show going today. Just go to shop.thesethwilliamshow.com now, shop around, and buy some great merchandise from The Seth Williams Show. Shop today. There's no place like home, and whether it's furniture, artwork, home accessories, appliances, or that one-of-a-kind collectible, Yellow Brick Road Online Auctions allows you to find everything you need from the comfort of your own home. The owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions has been conducting online estate auctions for over eight years by providing homeowners with a stress-free process to liquidate all items that have accumulated over the years. I'm Melissa Mendici, owner of Yellow Brick Road Auctions. Log on today to find your heart's desire. Right back here, the Seth Williams, I mean, Luis Gonzalez show with Pepe. Hey, hey, CC. Uh, yes, we are illegals doing the show tonight. That's right. We learned English fast, though. We did, we did. pretty quick. Um, I'm going to keep playing. No matter whether Melissa uh, pays or not, we're going to keep paying, playing her commercial for Rick. Uh, <laughs> so check out yellowbrickroadauctions.com, and Rick will be happy forever. Great. All right, time to get to our first guest of the evening. That's right. Uh, the Fifth Wheel is the name of the band. Right on. And let's welcome Tom and Josh to the show. How's it Tom? going, guys? Good. How are you guys doing? Hello. So I, I apologize for bringing you in on the uh, Luis and Pepe show. Uh, <laughs> well, we're honored to be part of the inaugural uh, episode. Yes, and you are. So welcome. Uh, we are illegal here. So the ratings just went up by 500%. <laughs> 
because we are broadcasting illegally and to all the illegals. That's right. <laughs> oh my! Thank nice. you for uh, for being a part of it. So thank you guys for coming on the Fifth Wheel. Tom, I've known you for a while. Uh, Josh, welcome. Um, well, I, we actually we met one time, Seth. I was probably drunk. So no, you were driving. Oh, when it, was this? It was uh, years ago when LeBron James came back to Akron. Yeah. And uh, remember everybody congregated over on his street? <laughs> yes, I do. And you drove down and broadcast over the phone or something. I went up to your um, SUV I, or whatever I, you were I in. I was like, took a quick selfie with you. I do remember that now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and back then uh, – not that I'm much better now, but I was growing my hair out because Trib wanted to cut my hair and shave my beard oh, like, yeah. for the next benefit that we had. So I looked like really mountain man, and Ray still decided to send me out to LeBron James's house in Bath <laughs> and stand outside with TV cameras and everything else. And I looked like a dick standing out there, but it was, it was still it was fun. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That's cool. Very cool, <laughs> man. Well, guys, let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, this. Um anniversary show that you guys are doing um october the 20th over at uh jilly's in akron um tell us a little bit about the show and about you know what the band is up to these days it's been been a while been a little bit um you know on and off but uh you know i don't know the last what josh four five six years we've been dabbling at some things and then covid's you know screwed a lot of things up we were going to do a like a tribute to our nothing album during, you know, 2020 and then Coven kind of, you know, put a big squash on that. And, uh, so we, you know, got the other two guys back together here. Oh, what end of last year, beginning of this year. And so let's, you know, we're not getting any younger. It's let's do this. And, uh, it's actually been, been great. It's like, uh, you know, never missing a beat. And, um, it's, it's going to be real fun. Sure. Now, when you say it's like not missing a beat, is it really, or did it take a little while to kind of find find your groove again? You know, there's a whole it's a it's a big difference when you have you know years apart and then come back together. You're you're older. Everybody changes a little bit. Was it was it you know different or same as well, it always was? I, I guess between you know March when we kind of got started in this to now we can say that. But yeah, there was some oh crap, what you know. What did we play there? And right. <laughs> like, like, the, like the structuring the songs that that's been the work, but I mean, uh, it never we never missed a beat when the four of us kind of like just our vibe together, and like when we, you know, we had to work through the songs and stuff to figure them out again. But like that that vibe was immediately there. So right. kind of like jumping, like we had a show in '97, and hey, here's the next gig, you know. Right, <laughs> no doubt. So in 1990, what kind? First of all, tell people what kind of music you guys play. Yeah, it's like a you know a, what pop alternative rock. Um, I, I guess that's the best comparison. Um, kind of that 90s kind of lyric based kind of REM Smiths, you know, in Code that the wet sprockety yeah. Jim Blossoms. You know, right. in that vein, somewhere in between there. It's hard hard to pinpoint it, but that's sure. 
Well, and looking back at that at that time period, that that probably about ninety five to about two thousand and one here in town, and not just here in town, but regionally, because I'll I'll definitely put Pittsburgh in that in that area as well. There was such a good scene for it. I mean, of course, there was the national scene that a lot of those bands that you just named came from. But there was such a strong vibe here. You know, we had show, we had radio shows. You know, we had the the alternation, and we had, you know, the the end, and you know, Jim Benson and Pat the producer were doing their show. On, yep. um, you know, I mean, there was there was a scene for it. When we, you look back at it now. Is that the biggest thing that's missing today is that scene and that camaraderie compared to what we had? You hit it on the head. We, we've been talking about this for days, um, how, uh, you know, when we got going, even, you know, kind of 94, it was kind of there because we were just getting out there and it was like, okay, well, you know, we're, we're, we're playing in front of 30 people. Then we, the next show, it's 60 people and it's 100 people. And, you know, 95, it really started exploding. You know, like you said, Johan who was the talent buyer at the Agora, took on the Inner Sanctum with Pat the Producer. Right. Um, Jim, you know, Jim Benson, College Radio, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, you know Rocco from, from the end, Rick Bennett, he was like the assistant program director. He started adding, um, you know, local music into regular rotation. That's when it really exploded. And if, if you think about it too, because, you know, Chris, you're not like the, you know, acoustic jangle rock guy. Right. But, you know, the diversity of bands in that era from, you know, us to mushroom head to, you know, I mean, that's probably the extreme in the nineties. Sure. Um, And everything in between the reggae scene in Cleveland was great. Third, you know, uh, first light and Carlos Jones and all those guys. And and everybody came out to see everybody. It was really, uh, you know, we we had a legitimate, uh, you know, scene, the scene magazine was, you know, at its peak in in that time. Um, it was, it was, it was a good, a good run for seven, eight, nine years. And then the scene was strong from really Canton all the way to Cleveland and and Pittsburgh, but even into Buffalo and right. That's that's the kind of stuff that I remember Like when I started working at MMS, I got to host like a, like a local music show. And then I actually used to host it like Peabody's and, um, and the Odeon and stuff like local music shows at the venues and it was great because you would get a wide variety of music and everything like that. It was really such a great scene. People would send their CDs to the radio station, and we'd actually be able to play some of them. <laughs> right. Yeah. MM, MMS, MMS jumped on that, that bandwagon, too. Um, one of the guys playing with us, uh, Bill Stone from Paranoid Lovesick, they had they had two songs that, that, that popped over to MMS on regular rotation. So, sure. Um, well, and, and you was, know, one of the unique parts of that whole time was the the other piece of it, too, is – I don't think the fan base them itself was as locked in musically. Like I know for me personally, I was fine with Mushroom Head or Crip Kick or what you know, because I'm a metal guy. That being said, I went to plenty of Paranoid uh, Paranoid Lovesick shows. I went to a bunch of Avet shows. I went and saw Cinematic and and those types of bands too. And I saw the same people that I saw at the Crip Kicker shows and at the Mushroom Head shows. It just seemed like that eight, 10 year window was so tuned into just supporting the local scene. Didn't, it wasn't necessary. I mean, the bands were good and that obviously helps, but it just seems like everybody was more than willing 
to support a band because they were from Cleveland over, well, they they don't play the kind of music that I listen to every day. Did, did, is that what you guys remember? Well, it's true. I mean, you got, you got to look at kind of the, the hierarchy, the infrastructure. The Cleveland Music Group was a nonprofit that yeah. had a board that we met. I was, I was the vice president of Cleveland Music Group for three years. Um, we were all connected with the end, and then the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame came in and Scene Magazine. All we we all communicated, we all promoted. You know, it wasn't like one style of music. It was, it was uh, you know a big push um, for everybody. And I think you know we're, we're taking compilations to South by Southwest, and we're promoting you know the region um, year after year after year after year. I mean, Cleveland had its own music conference for you know almost a decade undercurrents, if you remember that. Yeah. So you know we were. You know, Cleveland was, you know, it wasn't quite Seattle. A lot of bands didn't really break out of here, but we we get we get a lot of attention out there. Don't you agree, Josh? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like I, what that kind of all reminded me of is how, yeah, like everybody supported everybody, and uh, you'd go, you know, even if you're in a band, you're going to see the other bands. Um, it didn't matter what genre. It was just it was about the scene. Reminded me of um, how a collection of what four or five bands, Tom, a, a couple of times we chartered a like, I yeah, yeah. chartered the bus, but it was a big Cleveland, that was Cleveland Music Group did that, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did we did two trips to the Cleveland showcase, CBGB's, you know, and, and took you know seven, eight bands out, and you know, it was Cleveland night in New York City, and you know, yeah. we did that a couple of times. That was that was fantastic. So, so what do you guys feel is different about now that you're back at it and doing everything again? And what what's different about the, the scene now? I mean, how, how much has it changed? You know, I'm not probably as dialed in as, as some people just because, you know, I'm older and I work for a living now. And you know, <laughs> 30, 30 years ago, this that was our life and we lived, lived and slept it. Um, but, you know, I, I – I think if you look and you, know, you read scene magazine or, you know, the other things going on, it's kind of got this like metal two thirds, metal one third rap kind of thing going on. I think maybe in Akron, it's a little more alternative stuff going on down here, but see, I, I, I just don't think there's like that unified, like push to there's not that, you know, we had the, like Chris said, we had the end, like, that was like you listen to that from seven nine on Sunday nights to find out who was playing, what they were playing, who to go see, and mm-hmm. you know it's starting to happen a little bit. It seems like uh, there's some new stuff going on, but see, it's a little my, disjointed. My favorite thing about Scene Magazine back in the day was one they'd have the big page of like list of Agora, and they have all the bands that were going to be there for like the next two months, and then back page was like the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Uh, I, knew, I knew you were going to say the back page. <laughs> and so I miss Scene Magazine for both those reasons. Uh, but yeah, and I, I also miss the clubs. I miss the, you know, the Peabody's and the Odeons and stuff like that. I think they might still do some stuff, but I mean, it, it was such a good local scene, not only national bands, but they did have local bands playing out all the time that you could just go check out. Now you got to find a bar somewhere uh, to go see bands. But I mean, that's the way it's done. So I guess, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing your guys' show. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think a big thing that's probably missing now too, though, is like we said, the, you know, the whole music industry has changed and the camaraderie certainly is not there like it used to be, but you know, there was something, and this is going to sound dumb, but it's, it's just how I think it really is. 
there was something about going and seeing your friends play, buying their CD, and being able to say, yeah, here's my here's my collection of bands that I know. You know, well, and, and going What were we and, just talking about the other night, Josh, with the whole tangible thing? Yeah, the whole, it's, yeah, the whole it's, having it's, something in your hand. And you lose that when it's all right here. You know, you just, you, you completely lose that sense of the music's not as important anymore and it's all distant. You guys' music would be no different than if I bought a Rusted, or if I listened to Rusted Root on, on here or Alanis Morissette or Taylor Swift. You know, it's all just prepackaged into one thing now. There's no, there's no, I mean, you guys remember CDs were cheap as hell from local bands. You know, you get a CD for like $3 or something or free sometimes if you bought a ticket to the show or whatever. <laughs> but man, everybody had their collection of local CDs and, and you took them with you to get them signed. And I'm sure you guys probably signed your guys' CDs two, three times on the same CD because everybody was committed to the scene. Now it's so fractured that, you know, everything's a specialty type of music and nobody, there's no tangible product anymore to latch on to. You agree? I, I told, we, we had, we, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this very same topic. That's why at this show, we actually recorded um, several live shows where we had some like extra instruments and horn players and things like that. And uh, Regis, uh, Regis Sedlock, you probably know him, engineer around Cleveland. He did recorded a couple shows, and this, this we're, we're actually going to release this record exclusively on CD, and you can get it at the show. And it's it's a live record from that show in '97, and it sounds amazingly you know, pretty awesome. <laughs> there, yeah, there's there's a few few tunes we had to cut out because they you know, screwed them up, but. Um, <laughs> It's good, but I, th I think I think it's important. Like the people that are going to leave that show, and yeah, we we have a couple of our other records we reprinted on CD for that night. But that that new live one, it's going to be six bucks, and you can take it home with you, and you can pop it in your car if you have a CD player in your car still and listen to it. So it is it's important. To, I think it, I think more and more you look at the resurgence of vinyl and even cassette tapes right now. People want to hold that stuff in their hands now. I mean, maybe it's just our generation more so than anybody, but yes, it's, it's coming back. Uh, my daughter, the only thing that she wants to hold in her hand is a cardigan that she spent $100 for from Taylor Swift. <laughs> that was probably made in India by some child in a hut somewhere, but it has a patch that says Taylor on it, and now it's worth $100. Well, um, at, least she has, at least she has something. <laughs> but Yeah, I miss having the music. I miss... Of course, it's, it's really easy for lazy people like me to put on Spotify uh, and pick out the songs that I want. But the streaming thing definitely isn't the same as it is just having a CD like you used to. Uh, what's the uh, the show going to be like on the twentieth? You have an opening band and everything. Josh. Oh yeah, we got a bunch of special guests. Um, we really worked on uh, not just this like a bunch of dead air in between songs. Like we've kind of really designed it to to tailor ourselves so we can have kind of command over the show and not you know we've been building our endurance you know we're doing a two-hour show but we wow. you know we have some special guests coming up and join us and playing with a couple songs uh tracy thomas is gonna do a uh lead vocal on a cover song 
Um, and then just, you know, we have Rocco and um, Danger Girl. Carrie, <laughs> Carrie Danger from Alternative Cleveland 107.3. Right, yeah, yeah. Nice. So it's going to be, you know, kind of more like a, like a, a showcase night, you know, like, like, not just as kind of like, hi guys, we're going to play, you know, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we wanted to kind of make it a little bit more of a production. We're going to have cake afterwards. You know, we have the CDs, we have merch and stuff like that. So just a fun, a fun, you know, night where everybody's kind of getting back together and feeling kind of that nineties vibe again. And sure. You know, it's, that's what it's about. It's not really about us doing the show. It's kind of about the show. <laughs> Well, they're having cake, so I'm going to be there. Cake. <laughs> you can count me in. <laughs> what, where, where did you guys find Rocco? What was he doing, or what is he doing? I haven't heard his name. I'm in friends with him on Facebook. I'm Are you? I yeah. haven't heard you know, Rocco in years. I, I've, I've kept in I've kept in touch with him over the years um, for different things. Um, back in 2020, my wife and I have a little production studio down here in Medina County. During okay. COVID, we did a lot of like live stream stuff and multi-camera stuff. And we had this kind of fundraiser during COVID for like music for kids for Christmas. And I just like out of the blue said, hey, why don't you come down here and like record all the uh, the intros? Because we had, we had about 15 bands that came in and record some Christmas tunes. And and uh, so he was like, heck yeah, I'm coming down. So um, he sat for three hours and recorded all these intros and outros and on video. And uh, we've just, you know, you know, the last special last few years, we've really you know bounced ideas off of each other. We're talking about actually him getting a bringing a rock dog podcast out. And nice, uh, didn't he have some, some health of, problems? He does have some 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 health problems, and uh, it's kind of affecting him right now. You know, um, he just got out of the hospital again. So, but he's his spirits are up. He's stoked to still come out to the show. And I thought um, he was like me. I thought he had some issues. He is. Like I, like he I, does. Uh, he does. I uh, I definitely uh, try to keep up with him on on Facebook, and yeah, you know, I'd like to actually talk to him a little bit more about some of that stuff. So if we yeah, see him, him and his wife and his his daughters are coming out, and uh, cool, he's he's excited. He texted me about, about ten days ago. He's like, I got some bad news. I'm in the hospital. I had a turn for the worse, and but I'm fine now, and I'll, I'll still be there. I'm like, nice. all right, good. <laughs> all right, good. My my thoughts are in prayers with him definitely too, because. I kind of understand. I kind of get it. <laughs> so, yep. Um, so, shows October twentieth. What time doors open, and how do people get tickets? Doors at six. Uh, show starts seven ish, seven fifteen, something like that. Uh, so Masonic, another band down from us, the Our Way uh, is going to open up. Uh, we got um, like Josh said, Tracy Thomas from Unit Five back in the what eighties. Uh, she's going to do a tune with us. Bill Stone from Paranoid Love Six is going to do a tune with us. Brian Lissick, uh, he's like an area writer plus you know music guy. He's been around forever, um, doing a doing a tune with us, and uh, it's going to be great. Tickets at thefifthwheelmusic.com. Um, I just got it noticed there was like three reserved seats that opened up, so I posted that on our page today. So those are probably gone by now. But it's only general admission left. I think there might be 25 tickets or 20 uh, tickets left. So uh, how big is the place? Uh, It holds about 300 ish. Okay. Give or take. I'm not real sure. Totally. 
I've never actually been there. So what is it? Is it like a bar, restaurant kind of thing? Or what, what kind of place it's, is it? It's kind of a mix. It's got some table seating, like a standing room area. Kind of like a, you know, more upscale. I don't want to say upscale. I don't know. How would you describe it? Like it's like a, a, like a rock and lounge. Yeah, it is. That's perfect. It's a rock and roll lounge. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm looking forward to checking it out. I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna check it out. So Awesome. I appreciate you guys coming on tonight. Uh, I saw that you wanted to give away some tickets. You want to try giving away some tickets? It's fine with me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we're almost sold out, but we got uh, two pairs. We'll give out to two people. All right. Cool. Uh, if they want to uh, email info at thefifthwheelmusic.com, we'll randomly you know, pick two winners out of all those uh, entries and... Uh, we'll we'll get them in for free. That free oh, is good. <laughs> yeah, free. It's only it's only seven bucks anyway. So well, I mean, that's yeah. that's basically free anyhow. So I don't know what people that's basically are free. <laughs> but if people want to go, I'm gonna put the. Uh, there Jilly's uh, the 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 rock and roll lounge we're doing it at. It, it has a lot of history. It used to be one of our. Back in the '90s, it was uh, it was under a different name, but um, man, that was our what like our home home field. That bar, you know, yep. back in the '90s, it was one of our favorite spots to play. So it's cool to be doing the reunion in that building. Yeah, uh, we'll check it out. In if you want to go for free, info at thefifthwheelmusic.com. Uh, I pick a couple of winners for that, but you can get tickets at uh, thefifthwheelmusic.com. So appreciate you guys coming on tonight. Much appreciated. Tom, thank you for everything as usual. I'm yep. sure I'll be talking to you again about issue one. Yes. Because um, that's a big one that we got coming up. So we're going to talk to you. Josh, thank you. Good to see you again. Nice and take care of those guys. chickens in your backyard there, Tom. Uh, don't worry. They're they're well well maintained. <laughs> are those – I'm sorry. I, real quick. Are those – you have chickens. And, and I, last time I saw them, they're cute. They're fun. Are they edible or are those like just for fun to have as pets? No, they're they're egg layers. They're yeah, egg I think layers. when you came I had about ten, but I think we're up to like twenty two or twenty three now. So. Wow. They're, they're they're like the band spirit animals too, like we rehearse <laughs> down here. So like when we take breaks, we're like go out and meditate around the chickens and That's awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, chickens just wandering around. And I, I love it. But see me, I'm I'm a fat guy who loves chickens, so I don't know how long they'd last around me. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, Kentucky the, Fried no, no. Seth. <laughs> they, they make a good omelet. Nice. Very good. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you guys for coming on. Appreciate it. We'll check out that show. Appreciate awesome. it. Thefifthwheelmusic.com. We'll Fantastic. Go. Thank you, gentlemen. Tickets, merch, all that Thanks, stuff guys. there. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Have a great night. See ya. Uh, I'm going to check out that. Well, where'd Chris go? There he goes. I'm here. I'm going to check out the show. Yeah, it'll be fun. I, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a good time. I would think so, too. I've known Tom for a while. He's a good dude. And Josh, I remember meeting him now at the uh, outside of LeBron's house. Right. <laughs> In fairness, look, I was yeah. drunk that night, so I just forgot everything. Between but, you and I, we end up, everybody knows us from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Product of being in the scene for 30 years or whatever it's and been. And you did point. work for Scene Magazine. I did. I did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, and dude, the show right before we went on in um, at 92.3 was 
the local show, I forget what it was called at that time, but it was with Pat the producer and Jim Benson. So I know those guys real well too. Because right. you know, and I probably ran into into the fifth wheel a few times, you know, up there I, for that show. I know I hosted local show on MMS for a little while. So if you want a pair of tickets for nothing, info at the fifth wheel music.com. Info at the fifth wheel music.com. Yep. Tom just hit it. The inner yeah, sanctum. Inner sanctum. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Seems like it's been a million years. Though. <laughs> I know. I am telling you. All right. All right. Let's take a quick break. I don't know if Tony's going to join us or not. Okay. Well, if he does, I uh, don't does. care. Well, we got the Browns thing to do too. So we got the Browns thing to do. Uh, don't forget, we have officially changed the name to the Luis Gonzalez and Pepe Show. That's right. Because we are illegals now, so That's we will right. continue in uno momento. What separates Triv's Restaurant in Strongsville from everybody else? Some restaurants you go to to eat the same thing over and over and over. But then there are restaurants like Triv's where you want to go there every single time and eat something different until you have eaten every single item on the menu. Why? Because the food's delicious and it has been for almost a quarter of a century. Triv's has amazing food, outstanding service, and an opportunity for you to have private dining, special events, and intimate occasions. You can enjoy a memorable fine dining experience in your own dedicated intimate space. Visit Triv's in the heart of Strongsville. Call now for reservations, 440-238-8830. Triv's in Strongsville. Joe Burdick custom flags are amazing. Each flag is handcrafted to reflect the imperfect perfection, making each piece of patriotic wall art unique. This is a local small business, veteran owned and proud. Joe Burdick creates symbolic artwork that is built to last. Display your spirit, pride, and patriotism by calling 440-305-2065 and let Joe's flag serve you. 440-305-2065. Joe Burdick Flags. Let me introduce you to Charlie's Auto Repair. Any car, any truck, any problem, Charlie's does it right. You know how it is. The check your engine light comes on, you put air in the tires, and the light is still on. 216-470-0170. That's Charlie's Auto Repair, 13728 Madison in Lakewood. Charlie can do it all, from small engine repair to fleet maintenance and system diagnostics. 216 416- 470-0170. Charlie's Auto Repair. Let Charlie make your car great once again. Hermano Cayo la ley está rodeada tu casa. Pepe, 
back here on the uh, Luis Gonzalez and Pepe show. That's right. So what are we going to talk about now, Luis? <laughs> That's our new uh, op- show open. Uh, so much we, for the national anthem. Yeah, country's dead that. anyway. Yeah, the country's gone. So <laughs> we are now going to open up with the that. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> what a disaster we're in now. Yeah, don't you miss that those local music times though? I do. Dude, I I do, man. It was so it was always so much fun just being part of that scene and it didn't matter like I said during the interview, it did not matter what bands you were like like I I mean I'm known as metal guy, I guess, because of the metal show and right. you know, various things that I've done, but Dude, I went to so many of those different kinds of shows and, and of all different styles. I can remember going and seeing bands like, and here I'll name some some real obscure ones. You know, obviously Paranoid Lovesick was one of them. Yvette was one of them. Uh, do you remember the String Cheese incident? I, I do, actually. Yeah. Yes. I remember seeing them a couple of times and Rusted Root when they would come Rusted in. Rusted Root, from, I love Rusted Root. And they would come in from, they're Pittsburgh, right? Pittsburgh area, I think. I believe so, yeah. You know, just it was just a cool scene, and everybody supported everybody. And, you know, I can remember booking tours, like little tours here in town. When I had my music magazine, Music's Bottom Line, we used to trade shows with local bands. We would send them to Chicago, and then there was a magazine up there called Midwest Beat. And the guy that ran that place would send bands here and we did all kinds of cool stuff with with them we, like we would send cleveland bands to chicago to go and play and and then we would repay the favor here you know book a show here and then have the the chicago band play and we brought in some bands that you know had some juice yeah. you know like little band that you might have heard of called disturbed yeah, there you go before they were before they were disturbed and everybody knew them you know they came down. They came down from from Chicago and played. It was cool. I, I just remember hosting a lot of those shows. Uh, what was it? It was Peabody's down there by the Rasclaus, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, band there was a band called Seven. Seven. Oh yeah. And I liked them. They were really cool. Chimera. Oh yeah. Well, they obviously did big things. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of good local bands back in the day. And what was cool about it is that it was, there was a band called Morningstar that I was friends with for a while. Sure. Pat Butler had his band, or I think still does his stuff now, right? Pat, oh, the... Um, Signal 30. Signal 30, yeah. Signal 30, sure. And, it, you know, but the local scene back in the late 90s, early 2000s because it slowly it died quickly mm-hmm. <laughs> after. Uh, but it was fun and it was fun to go to the clubs it was fun to have all these bands and they treated you like family i got oh, yeah. stage, got to bring these these kids out singing and they just were having a blast man and you know again all the bands would be there and so they'd all bring their family with friends and they all had sure. to sell their own tickets to the damn show which sometimes sucked for them but <laughs> they it, it was a buzz in the scene of local sure. music yeah, they were another one. I did one of the things Love that, those guys. Yeah, they were fun. One of the things that people have forgotten was and and because that scene was so thriving back then, everybody was putting everything they had into it. So when you would go to a local show in the mid nineties or early two thousands, it was like a national show 
pretty similar. In fact, usually yeah. you'd get better production. I mean, I can remember friends, friends, bands trying stuff and blowing up stages and stuff because they, they didn't know exactly what they were doing, but they were, you know, packing flash pots with enough with enough TNT to blow the club up, you know. You know? And but but that was part of it was it was everybody was trying to be national level. You know, and there were so many of them that were real good. I know I mentioned a vet before. They were really good, and they were really close. And um, Cinematic got signed. and they I remember Cinematic. I do remember them. Yeah, they Didn't put they, out a record on the game. I thought that I really liked, though. I thought they did have, like, a one, like, there was, like, a really good kind of hit song. Well, they did have, a, I forget what it was called. It was, like, I forget what it was called. I mean, it's been so many years. Cinematic. I'm looking them up right now. Um... You know Corey Hawkins, our friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, been he in like eight thousand bands. <laughs> right. Well, he had a bunch of bands that were that were you know out and about in that time period. But um, yeah, I, dude, our our guy that does the um dog pound dog, the dog pound um details details. He he was uh, the lead singer of Gatlin. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think I remember that band. Yeah, he was the lead singer of Gatlin, and then um, I forget what the other band. I can't believe he's gonna kill me if he sees this, and I can't remember the other, the other band that he was in. Yeah, Sin Dust. Sin Dust was another big band at the time. Bazooka Proof. Bazooka Proof. I remember those guys. I was just literally about to say Bazooka Proof. <laughs> right. Bazooka Proof were like the the heavy metal Cleveland Village people. Now I remember there was a band that had a oh, it's obviously not Seven Dust, but they had a black singer. Local band, and um, they were kind of heavy, and but they were fucking amazing. The black uh, singer, yeah, I can't remember the damn name. I can't remember the guy, man's name. There was Liquid, with you know our guy Joey De Pasquale, yeah, who's now the lead singer of Disco Inferno, right, 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 right. Liquid though they had they had their shit, our Fatal Charm, Fatal Charm. Man, now now we're naming some bands from the old days. Holy smokes! <laughs> I'd like to get Disco Inferno on the show. Do you know Joey enough to talk to him and say come on the show? I know somebody that I don't know him real well personally. Billy knows him I mean, pretty well. But I was gonna say Billy certainly knows him. I don't know if Billy's on good terms with him or not. I think he is. I thought now. he was at the. I thought he was at the. Uh, he probably the is at this point. Ago. Billy doesn't have enemies for long. Billy will be. Billy will get mad at people, and then they they just get over it. I I, I don't know if Billy's ever mad at me because he never takes my phone calls. So I'm just <laughs> he's working, or, or maybe he is pissed at me. I have no idea, but I don't think so. I don't think I'm giving him a reason not. No, to. Billy's just Billy's just horrible at everything. Phones and working? phones and communication. <laughs> like he's Other the hardest than... worker I've ever seen in my life. Can do just about anything. Yeah. Uh, except for answer a damn phone call. Yeah, he's terrible on the phone. He is. You know a- who I saw the other night? Who I went and saw? Who? Breakfast Club. Oh, nice. How was the show? Was it good? Yeah, it was sure really good. It was. Yeah, it was sure really was. good. With uh, what's his name? Dave Brooks. Dave Brooks is back. Is he in t- is he in town now, or is he, he just the lead singer? I mean, okay, I didn't realize he moved because he moved to L.A. for a while. I thought. Steve Raz from Escape. Used to be okay. in the band, the Journey Band, and now yeah. with Breakfast Club. But yeah, it was really good. It was it was fun. They're a fun band to watch. But Dave Brooks is like in his sixties or something. Now. So he's like, yeah. I mean, 
Now, I'm not saying anything bad about Dave Brooks, but I'm just saying when that guy with Breakfast Club would get on the stage back in the day, yeah. I mean, he would control that stage like you were watching again, like a, a professional freaking you know, rock right. show somewhere, like 80s rock show. And now he's a little bit older. It's a little bit different. Settling uh, into the middle of the stage. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey. <laughs> but it was still good. It, was, it still sounds good. And it was a good show. Sure. Dude, just all that. That whole time was just fun, man. It really was there fun. There were great cover bands. There were great yeah. local bands. I mean, there was a band I used to go out and see on the east side all the time. Your way. Dave's Planet. And these guys would pack a house everywhere that they went sure. on the side. And it was just such, and they were good. I mean, it was good music to go see. I, I don't know what the hell is out there anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I, dude, I, I'm just thinking to myself, all these bands that I used to know, Coma Trip and Toxin and uh, Biased Fear. And um, those guys? Uh, I mean, there was so many of them that were, that were out at that time. You know, 216, 13 Faces, Victory Flag. I mean, there was... <laughs> There was a ton. Runt, Runt, 10,000 Cadillacs. I mean, there was just tons of bands. Yeah. And they were all as good as anything that was coming out nationally at the time. It's kind of sad that that scene's gone. I mean, I, I don't even know where to go see a good local show anymore. Well, Other than if you look up, you know, people like Breakfast Club. And stuff yeah. Like that. Well, the, the uh, fact of it is, is it wasn't. When when we're saying that it's gone, it's not gone. It all got old. I, I you know it. the next generation. We unfortunately, and I blame us because even my kids are guilty of this. So we didn't raise our kids to fully appreciate music the way we were taught to appreciate it. Yeah, and true. that is that is one of the biggest problems that's out there today is that the kids, you know. The kids today, unless they unless they played it on Guitar Hero, then they don't know the song. You know, they don't they don't. My kids wouldn't be able to tell you the first thing about owning a CD, or owning a, an album, or any. They don't know anything about that. You know, they just don't. And for us, that that was everything. I don't remember Mike Risco. Do you? Uh, I know what he looks like, and I think I'm friends with him on Facebook. I don't know Mike Risco. Remember Rick Ray? I have, I remember the name. I think he's still doing it. It's like 40 years later, he's still doing it. Like Disco Inferno is probably one of my favorite bands to go see now. But the problem is you can't even get into a show. Yeah. Well, that's why you go see Billy's band. Billy's, Billy, I mean, Billy's another one. Sunset Strip. Sunset Strip. But I mean, how many bands was Billy in in the... 90s and whatnot kid wicked and then obviously warrant stuffed on the national level but i mean billy had his time too that he was the king of the local he was like the king of the local for a minute then he went and became national guy and then he came back to be fucking local guy again mike risco uh guitarist vocalist cleveland progressive metal band ego nosferatu do you remember the band by accident no they were, I loved that band. They were, a lot of people hated them. I loved them. They were like this, it was like typo negative type of a band. But if typo negative somehow became like a death metal band, it was the weirdest combination of 
of that weird voice. The singer, I forget his name, but I knew him at the time. He like carved up, like shaved his teeth down into fangs and stuff. Like he went all all the way in for by accident. And um, I just remember seeing him and they would play shows and people hated them because they were too heavy and the, the voice didn't match the music or whatever. But for me, I couldn't get enough. I loved it. It's too good. Charlie from Charlie's Auto Repair in Lakewood. How you doing? Politically incorrect mechanic, Charlie. Uh, uh, Charlie's Auto Repair in Lakewood. Great place. I hope you fix my wife's car today. Yeah, get to work, Charlie. Stop listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> Typo negative. Yeah, Did I you like Typo negative? You, you know what? They're a weird band for me. When they were going... No. Now, they're one of my favorites ever. Yeah, I, I, I love them. Uh, I hate the fact that that dude, um, like Peter Steele. Yeah, Peter Steele, like my wife wanted to sleep with him. And may have, I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah, because he was like ridiculously good looking. Yeah, and huge. You ever meet him? I met him. I, I saw him. I didn't meet him. He had to be 6'6, six, 6'7. Six, six, really? That dude was basketball height. He was huge. I want to look up. I'm trying to look at a picture of him. Hey, you better be careful with that because he did play girl. You're going to get the wrong pictures on your screen. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he was a. I'm, I don't know how to. I, I'm not going to share the picture. I don't know how to share pictures. <laughs> I've only been doing this for a year and a half, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But yeah, he's a good looking dude. Yeah, well, not anymore. Now he's dead. And that's why I stressed was. Yeah. Um, it's nice and quiet now. She picked it up already, you prick. Thanks. <laughs> Thank Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> I hope it didn't cost me my other leg. <laughs> well, you don't need it. <laughs> yeah, what's that for? Yeah. Car yeah. gonna lose it anyways. Nah. You only you only do to lose one a one in a lifetime, dude. So this is the way my, my wife works. Right? Yeah. Not to change the subject, we'll get back to it, all the local music and stuff. But the way my wife works is for like a month, her car's been making a noise underneath underneath the car. Right. Right. It's been making some weird noise, something jiggling around down there, whatever it is. And I've been saying, call Charlie, take it in. Right. All right, I'm going to call Charlie. I'm going to call Charlie, take it in. And nothing. Every day I get in the car, it's still rattling like crazy. I'm like, well, just call Charlie. No, I ain't call Charlie. Well, can you call him, take it in, so we can get this damn thing fixed? Because when we roll up to somebody's house, we sound like assholes. Because the car sounds like it's going to explode when we pull right. into somebody's driveway. I'll call. I'll call. Nothing. So last night, I finally said, "All right, that's it." I called Charlie. I said, "Hey, can we bring the car in tomorrow and have this car fixed?" Yes, thank you. Now it's done. Why? Because I'm the man of the house, and apparently, I have to do stuff. <laughs> Too funny. I don't get it, but I, I want to thank Charlie and Charlie's auto repair in Lakewood for of course uh, doing that. Jackie, oh yeah, Jackie now is an extraordinarily good-looking woman. Yeah, she's hot. And I remember the first time I interviewed her mm -hmm. um, way back in my MMS days, like way back. And I was saying on the air, like, oh, how ridiculously hot this girl is, blah 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 blah, and then. Her dad happened to be there, and it turns out she was like 16 years old. 
<laughs> there's creepy Seth going, yeah, oh, there's this girl. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and no, she was like 16 years old, and then I felt like a dick because I didn't know how old she was. Uh, but she's, yeah, she's a, she's a looker. Yeah, she's definitely, she definitely is a good looking girl. I too have had the same problem with, with the, with the dad <laughs> saying something off, off keel <laughs> about Jackie. <laughs> and he wanted to fight me. Him and his sons wanted to fight me. But see, I was promoting her stuff. So I don't think he wanted to fight. I think he was happy that I was promoting everything, but no, he wanted to fight. Like, like we, we went outside me, me, the sons. Well, I probably did. <laughs> I, I kind of said, um, I'll tell you what I did. It was at a, it was at a, uh, what, remember we used to have those promo shows all the time, like to, to promote, raise money for this or that or whatever. What? You know, we used to always have that. And, um, the show that we were doing, um, I what? got, I got asked to, to, um, MC and, and it was one of them shows that there wasn't a ton of people at it. And, they were giving away stuff that nobody wanted. So it's like, Hey, come on up here and win a keychain or whatever, you know, you know, who, who wants to win a, a domain Cleveland mouse pad or what, you know, it was just stuff nobody wanted to win. And, but she was like, kind of the, like I was the MC and, and she was the girl that just kind of stood there and held the, the bucket with the raffle tickets in it. Right. right. So, and, and I mean, she's smoking hot. So I couldn't get anybody to come. Like at one point I threw a CD out. I was like, okay, you know, here's a CD up for grabs. And I threw it out and all you heard was it crashing to the floor. Cause like nobody even tried to catch it. It was you know, just something nobody wanted. So at some point I was like, I, and, and I ain't gonna lie. I was very drunk, but, um, I, I started saying something about how hot she was. And when I said that, then, you know, I started getting some people cheering or whatever in the, in the, the little crowd. So then I started talking more about how hot she was. Right. And then people started getting more and more into it and coming closer to the stage, which is what we were trying to do. So at one point I, I got right up next to her and I, I like kind of bent over and I went, like I was smelling her and I said, she even smells hot. She smells like stripper hot, you know? And, and that's all I said was she smells stripper hot. And that was it. And by that point I had everybody yelling, screaming, you know, and having fun. Right. I come walking off the stage. There it was at the old revolution. Uh, and um, I go in the back and, and the old man was there and he's like, I got to talk to you. I was like, okay. And he's like, what you said was just fucking wrong. And I was like, what? And he's like, you know, he, he just wouldn't let it go. And I, I walked away at first. I just walked away. And I used to hang with this guy, Pat. He was in a band called Girth. I don't know if you remember that band, Girth. I remember the name. But uh, Pat was a big dude himself. He was probably, he's 6'3", probably 250. Like, he's a big dude. And I just, and he used to run with me at shows to be my quote-unquote bodyguard. Because I used to, you know, I used to say such heinous stuff about bands on MMS that, you know, I had a lot of bands that wanted to punch me in the face. So, so Pat would go with me and, and, you know, I was always, Pat used to even say himself, he's like, I don't know why you need a bodyguard. If anything, I need the bodyguard from, you know, getting involved with this stuff. But, but we, Pat did keep people away from me. Right. 
So I went out to the to the front, and Pat was sitting out there having a drink. And I just told Pat, I said, "Hey, we might have a problem here." And he's like, "What's going on?" And no sooner did I say that than the two brothers grabbed me by the shoulder, like, "We're let's take this outside." We heard what you said about our sister, and but, I don't know, whatever. So finally, I was like, "I'm not fighting you guys." And they're like, "Oh, come on, you fucking pussy!" You know, like that. I was like, "Okay, fine." And I went outside, and I was like, "Let's fucking do this." And I'm like screaming at this point, you know, now I'm, I'm drunk, I'm angry. And then Pat come out and then all of a sudden it just turned out to be nothing. You know, it just turned out to be a bunch of yelling at each other. But, but that was my, um, that was my Jackie LaPanza. <laughs> I wonder if we can get her on this show. I'm sure we could, I could probably, I could reach out to Jackie myself, I would think. Cause we're good now. We're, we've been good for a lot of years. Like we, we made up for it at a, she was in a band called Mojo before she became into like Mushroom Head and Unsaid Fate and all that stuff. And Mojo was like a hippie jam band. I remember so, that. I so one night we were out uh, some campground somewhere doing a fundraiser for, there's another thing that Cleveland used to have. Remember when they used to have the guys that were making the low budget movies? But they would approach every band to give a song, and then then they would try to have a big concert with all those bands to yep. raise more money. Well, this was at some campground, and Mojo was playing at it, and we all went out to this to this campground and just kind of sat around a campfire after everybody played and smoked pot and shot the shit and drank, and it was it was it was a lot of fun. So, but we made we made nice on that night. So, and we've been good since. Well, so. Yeah, I'd like to get on the show just to tell her the story about when she was 16 how i was almost hitting on her while she was sitting in the same room and then her dad was sitting right there yeah i'll reach out to her and see she's got something to promote well she's i mean she's always got unsaid fate i think she's not in mushroom head anymore she's married to or she was married to skinny from mushroom head yeah and um i don't but i don't think she's in mushroom head anymore so i don't know if that's right what mushroom head yeah they hated me. Oh boy, did they hate me! So you didn't particularly care for their music. No, see, it's it's not that at all. I I liked Mushroom Head a lot. I still do. I I mean, musically, I never had a problem with them. I wrote in scene that the best metal band in Cleveland was Crip Kicker. Crip Kicker was like my favorite of the of the metal bands in Cleveland, and they got all fucking butthurt about it. About the fact that I didn't kiss their ass like everybody else everybody did. Else. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, but I, I just wrote what I felt. So it turned into a thing, and I was at a Mushroom Head one night, and um, so one of the guys from the band came up and started some shit with me, and I didn't back away from it. You know, and so by that time, I was on MMS as well. And Matt and I, you want to talk about causing problems, Matt and I... Because I had a problem with them, Matt, and that's the guy we need on the show, is Matt at some point. Tell some of these stories. But I don't know if he'll talk, right? He'll talk. He'll talk. But what ended up happening was because I had a problem with them, Matt and his loyalty as he is, both of us refused to play Mushroom Head on the show ever. We (laughs) never played Mushroom Head on the metal show show. in Cleveland. (laughs) So fast forward. They get signed, you know, they get signed by Universal. They yeah. they screwed over my friend, Chris 
Chris from Chris Poland from Eclipse Records. They they walked away from a contract on that. They sign with Universal. I printed in my Music's Bottom Line magazine the contract that they violated. <laughs> in my I print like I got my hands on the actual contract and I printed it. It turned into an absolute mess. And then then we wouldn't play like you know Universal. You know this part of the business. The record companies come to the radio stations offering this, this, and that for plays. Well, we were the only station in the country that wasn't playing the Mushroom Head added song. We were the only station that wasn't playing it, or the only specialty show that wasn't playing it in their hometown. And it was such a black eye on them. You know, it was a it was a huge black eye, and it it got really nasty. It got to at one point, their their attorney or Universal's attorney threatened to sue me over printing the contract, and it was a whole thing, dude. <laughs> it never really went that that nationwide. Well, they they one they they came out exactly the same time as Slipknot. Yeah, and Slipknot was the better band. No offense to anybody. I'm not trying to shit on them or anything. I'm just saying Slipknot was the better band. And um, so there was that piece, and everybody looked at one side or the other as ripping the other off. Yeah, I remember that. So that was a problem right there. And the other thing was is that they sounded a whole lot like Faith No More, and Faith No More was still huge at the time. So they weren't getting that love either. They were, But they've had a good career. I, I certainly would never say that they haven't had a good career. They're just more of like a... I don't want to say underground because they're they're bigger than that. They're bigger than an underground band, but they're not as big as a. Uh... You know, are they still doing stuff? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're still out there. They're actually touring um, next or like in a couple days. They start a tour for. Um, um, we had we had their opening act on my Chris Aiken Presents show like last month. This Kurt Dimer guy. Oh really? Just yeah, he just finished touring with um, Skid Row and Buck Cherry, and he's moving right over to the Mushroom Head tour. I wouldn't mind if I remember seeing that name. Yeah, all right. I wouldn't mind having them on the show if we can get them. Who, Mushroom Head or Kurt Dimer? Mushroom Head, or either one. Well, Mushroom Head might be difficult with me involved. (laughs) They might not be. I don't know. I mean, I don't hold any grudges anymore. Honestly, you know, I mean, it is what it is at this point, and I could care less. I'm not, I'm not helping or hurting their career, so you know, I don't care either way. Um, I don't know if, I don't even know who's still left in the band from that era other than skinny. So I, I mean, I can reach out and ask her. I'll ask Jackie. I, I mean, I, I'd I'd, I, I'd Jackie on the show just cause I, you know, at least I've talked to her before. I, 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 she's I cool. yeah, she's cool. She's real cool. I'll, I'll reach out to her and see if she wants to come on, but ask her if she'll wear this for the, the interview. <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not that way. <laughs> She'll wear a big old hoodie, sweats, yeah, be a giant hat, huge <laughs> mushroom head sweatshirt. Yeah, just five times com- too big and a ski mask, so I can't right. say anything. None said fate burka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's definitely a good looking girl, lovers. I'm more than happy to have some of these bands on because I miss some of these old. Sure. Old school. Well, do we? I know we get Crip Kicker oh, on too. They're they're getting ready to do something too. I remember them. They were heavy. They were definitely that Pantera 
Cleveland's Pantera band. One of them. I always loved that band, though. They were fun. We haven't played our Dog Pound details. Well, let's do that before we get out of here. We got to do that. All right, Browns have a game, what, Sunday? Who are they playing? I don't even know who they play this Sunday. Uh, Ravens. That's right. Ravens have like 14,000 starters out. I think their entire team is backups, and we're going to lose 50. Stop it. All right, we'll talk about that real quick after we get back from Dog Pond Details. Cool. What's up, guys? John Drake here with the Dog Pound Details after week three of the NFL season and the Browns with a dominating I mean, dominating victory over the Tennessee Titans, 27-3. to The Cleveland Browns defense continues to shine. They allowed less than 100 yards. It was uh, 94 yards, to be exact, that they allowed. Uh, if you go on NFL.com or any of the StatMonkey websites and you look up team stats for defense, the Browns are pretty much at the top of the list of almost every single one of them. So they are just absolutely playing lights out. Uh, they shut Derrick Henry down like... <laughs> You could say the guy's washed. I mean, he's averaging about three yards a carry this year, so maybe he's not the same player he has been. Maybe all those carries are starting to catch up to him. Uh, could be a product of the crappy passing game. Ryan Tannehill's looked awful, but whatever it was, I don't care who it is. The guy ran for 20 yards. So when you hold any running back, starting running back, to 20 yards for the day, that's pretty good, especially when that guy's Derrick Henry. So uh, the defense absolutely lights out yet again. Definitely the heart and soul of this team right now as the offense tries to find its footing, which thankfully they finally did. This was the Deshaun Watson game that we have been waiting to see since we traded for him and gave away all those draft picks and all that money and whatnot. He looked great. And uh, the offense was really humming, Uh, you know, almost 400 yards of offense, if not more. I don't have the exact stat in front of me, but, you know, 27 points, again, a dominating victory. And uh, the first quarter got a little wonky, obviously, but, you know, the team settled down and from there on out, they just rolled them and uh, just a complete team victory in all in all in all facets. And, you know, the Browns are really starting to get a little bit of confidence going. And it's it really sucks about that Pittsburgh game because. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but to me, I think we should be 3-0. The, the, those two offensive turnovers against Pittsburgh really bit us in the ass, as we, as we know. And this, this legitimately should be an undefeated football team right now. But that having been said, I think they know that as well. And I think they got a lot of confidence going into this Sunday's game against the hated Baltimore Ravens right here at home back in Cleveland, Ohio. I am really excited for this game. Uh, we're catching the Ravens at a time when they haven't really gotten anything really going yet. They got a lot of injuries that they're dealing with. So this is a perfect opportunity to keep the train rolling and really, you know, come out of here with another statement win against a quality opponent. Of course, it would be another division win, so you would then go to 2 and 1 in the division. And you're going into the bye week at 3 and 1 and you have an extra week to prepare for the San Francisco 49ers, which obviously I think we can all agree is going to be the most difficult game that we face all season long unless something crazy happens down the road with somebody else that we're playing. But that having been said, I, I just I just think this is set up for the Browns to get another great victory. Um, I obviously don't see them doing to Baltimore what they did to Tennessee, but it's going to be very interesting to see what this Browns defense is able to accomplish against Lamar Jackson. He's obviously incredibly mobile. Uh, Todd Munkin has a little bit of familiarity with Cleveland. You know he was he was here a couple of years ago. 
it'll it'll be interesting to see how he schemes this Ravens offense to go against this absolutely suffocating Browns defense. I think the Browns are up to the challenge. I really do. I think they're aware that they're really starting to be onto something special this season. I think it's early yet, obviously. But I think that they're starting to become a little bit of an attitude with this team. They're starting to, you know, they're they're really starting to believe in in what they're able to accomplish as a unit, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball. And I, I'm just excited to see what what the Browns can do because it, it this is this would be such an incredible victory, you know, to go two and one in the division. You know, you're, you're in sole possession of first place. Um, you know, to beat Lamar Jackson, it it, it would just go so far in you know, taking that next step, you know, and let's face it. Did any of us think that we were going to come out of these first four games at three and one? I think if you would have said that at the beginning of the season, every Browns fan would have taken that. So that's the goal this week. And I really think that they can pull it off. You know, again, the Ravens are banged up and the Browns are starting to feel themselves a little bit. So I'm hoping for another victory. I'm hoping we, uh, you know, beat down those, you know, hated Baltimore rappers. And uh, hey, as always, guys, go Browns. Hoo, hoo. There you go. Uh, right back on the Luis Gonzalez and Pepe show. That's right. Uh, dog pound details. And the only person feeling himself on the Browns is Deshaun Watson. Um, Chihuahua pound details. Yes, <laughs> the Chihuahua pound details. <laughs> uh, the Browns will lose by 30 this weekend. And Shut up. Shut up. This guy does resemble Bloom Daddy. I'm telling you, <laughs> he's, he's Bloom Daddy's long-lost cousin. Browns are winning this game this week. They're going to lose by 30. Are you kidding me? Lamar Jackson is going to rush himself for 300 yards. They're winning this game. Okay. They're winning you know why they're going to lose? Because we're confident the Browns are going to win. And when we're confident as Cleveland that the Browns or any team is going to do well, after last year's Guardi- Indians, Guardians, whatever season, I thought, all right, this team's going to win the division hands down. And what happened? We suck. And our manager's now retiring. The Browns are going to lose by 30. No chance. By 30, no chance. Look, you already owe me a fast food meal. I know that. Oh, by the way, I'm getting uh, value meal numbers 1 through 10 uh, as my (laughs) meal because I'm hungry. Uh, I'd say double or nothing, but I don't think you can afford that. Uh, I can afford it. Browns lose by 30. No chance. I'll take the double or nothing on this one. All right. Browns are winning. Browns are winning this right, game. I'm not saying by 30, but straight up. Straight up game. Straight up game. Double or Browns nothing. Browns are going to lose. There's yep, no straight up game. Browns what got to win. What gives you confidence that the Browns – look, Deshaun Watson threw the ball backwards the other day. Okay, he had one bad pass the whole game. He was like 28 for 33 for 289 yards. The reality is it should have been about 350 yards and an extra touchdown because the refs totally screwed us on that one play. You can't – there's no way you can say that Amari Cooper was out of bounds. I'm not disagreeing with you. So – The Titans. So the Titans were were not a terrible team last year. They're not great. They're not great. Neither is Baltimore with everybody hurt. All right, it is in Cleveland. It's in Cleveland. Their starting running back is hurt. Their uh, OD, OBJ is hurt. Our starting, our all-star pro bowler running back is hurt. It's hunt time, baby. What'd you say? It's hunt time. 
Hunt time. Gotcha. It's hunt time. Hunt. Not, not I heard that. Well, yeah. yeah. Hunt time. Yeah. It's Kareem Hunt there. time. Oh, Jim thinks everything sucks if it's not 1972 nonsense. Shut up, Jim. Douchebag. <laughs> Why are you making fun of the, the, the guy there? Because he's a douchebag, Jim. Oh, I know him. Douchebag? Yes, he is. Douchebag? No. Yes, he is. He's right. He's the wrong. Sean Watson is horrible. He's, he had 330 yards and three touchdowns last week. How's that horrible? He's not very good. Come on. He was good last week. How can he's you say? He's for one week. Okay. Well, games he's played, he's had one good game. Well, by that standard, then then Patrick Mahomes is horrible, or, or Joe Burrow, because neither one of them has had a 450-yard game yet. Are they horrible, too? Uh, Pat Mahomes is now horrible because he's on my fantasy team. So. <laughs> Pat Mahomes is now horrible because... Player. Mahomes is now horrible because he's no longer the center of attention in Kansas City. Did you hear what he said the other day? He said that he felt pressure to throw uh, Kelsey a, a touchdown pass so that way Kelsey could do it in front of uh, Taylor Swift. Well, he's being a good wingman there. Yeah, it is. I mean, that's pretty slick. I mean, that's a good yeah. move. And then Kelsey did his whole shoot the arrow thing, and he did it towards the uh, the suite where Taylor yeah. was sitting. I'm already. I already hate Taylor Swift. Just for the NFL purpose. I don't hate her as an artist. I hate her for the NFL. I'm ready for her not to be on a, on the NFL programming. The anymore. NFL loves her. Oh, her, of course they do. The Kansas City Chiefs ratings for the first time ever went up like 400%. Um, of course. And the female demographic from 18 to like 49. Dude, 400%. Dude, that's the what I was saying. I was saying Kelsey that last week about, you know, Every highlight of every game, they kept going back to Owen oh, Taylor Swift was at the Kansas City game. They know that they they know that she's good for attention and eyes on the product. I get it. I think that they said that the, that Kansas City game. Who the hell cares about the Kansas City game anywhere? Yeah, other it was than Kansas City and the Bears or something. Nobody cared, and nobody cared except for the fact that it was the highest watched thing on TV for the week. Yeah, because Taylor Swift happened to be. I think they acted a little too too quickly announcing Usher for the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Should have been Taylor. Should have been, Should have been Taylor Swift. All the Swifties will be there. Are you? How many eyes would they get on the game if Taylor Swift did the halftime and the Chiefs were in the game? Oh my God! Oh, <laughs> you might have every single human being in the United States from age ten to eighty watching that. If she did it naked, I'd watch. And she did mud wrestling. Uh, apparently, Chris wants mud, res- mud wrestling. So, yes. I don't know that. I'd go see some mud wrestling right now. So I'm down. I didn't even know that that was still a thing. What's Rick Fisher House? I don't know. I thought that oh. mud wrestling would be banned now because it's sexist. It's canceled? Yeah, I would think so. You don't think so? <laughs> it very well could be. There might be two guys in there identifying as women, too, for all we know these days. Well, I'm going to go uh, get some free iPhones tonight. That's all I know. I got one. I got one. <laughs> if people can do this, why can't I? Got one. Got one. Got one. Got one. Uh-huh. 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 Free iPhones. Free iPhones. 
I would to just... America 2023. God, it would just be great to see her get her skull caved in. Ugh. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Monday, we do have Dave Mortage coming on. Yes, look at that. That'd He's going to talk about a lot of cool stuff going on. Uh, what, who else do we have coming on Monday? We have the band, for another 90s band, Simon oh, Says, coming awesome. on. That's going to be fun as well. Yeah. Um, very excited. Very excited to get next week started. So have a great rest of the week, a great weekend. And um, remember, don't forget, we are now the Luis Gonzalez and Pepe show. Have yourself a good one. Thanks for joining us. And let's just wrap things up with the new theme song for the show. All right. Sayonara, people. We'll talk to you later. God willing, we'll talk to you Monday. Hermano cayó la ley. Está rodeada tu casa.